What's up guys, I'm Sasha Taylor and this is Cars Are For Girls. I'm here as your navigational guide to the car world to answer all the things you wanted to know about cars but didn't know who to ask. Whether you're brand new to the car world or if you've been driving for a while, there are so many things going on in the car world from car meets to mechanic visits, automotive refinishing to professional racing. There's so much going on that if you've never had someone show you around, it can feel like an intimidating place sometimes. You don't really know where to start. Sprinkle in a little bit of gatekeeping, maybe some sexism, some trash talking, and all of a sudden the car world can feel like this very exclusive and unwelcoming place, particularly to women who often have their own invisible set of barriers when it comes to getting involved in the car world. But this podcast, which is brought to you by Taylor Art Garage, is on a mission to change the narrative, to be a resource that invites women into the car world in a way that's easy and fun, and to help women feel confident, empowered, and knowledgeable showing up in the car world. Today, we're talking all about mods. Whether you're looking for changing up your car for looks or for performance, there are a ton of little tweaks and tricks and modifications that you can make to a stock car to personalize it and turn it into the car that you really want, something that's unique to you. Whether you want to make your car look more your style or you want to make it track ready, there's a lot you can do to a regular old stock car to beef it up and make it a little more fun. I am definitely of the mentality that your car should make you smile when you look back at it. So whatever you want to do to get it to that point, I say go for it. Now, today's episode does come with a little warning. Getting into modifications is very similar to getting a tattoo in that once you have one, you just kind of keep wanting to get more and it becomes this slippery slope to just getting one after another after another. And the price tag keeps going up. But unlike tattoos, where eventually you're going to run out of surface area on your body to get a tattoo, if you get a new car, you're back at ground zero and you get to just keep getting more mods for it. So just mind the forewarning that mods are a ton of fun and it can be a very slippery slope to spending a ton of money. So <laughs> take that take that as you will. Um, mods are a blast, definitely come with a price. I was talking to a couple of my car guy friends about my plan for today's podcast before getting on here. And it's funny because all of them had the same reaction. And it was that mods is a massive subject to cover in just one episode on a podcast. But that's exactly why I wanted to get into it because I really want to tackle talking about mods because when it's such an expansive, massive topic, it can be really intimidating and even overwhelming sometimes when you haven't been exposed to any of it. So my goal here today is to just break things down for you, whether we're talking about cosmetic mods for looks, performance mods, it's just going to give you a groundwork and a framework for knowing where to go off from there. And also if you, so that you can kind of start hearing some terms maybe that, that you can either look into more yourself or you'll be more familiar with when next time you show up at a car meet. Now, mods can be broken down into two categories, performance mods and cosmetic mods. I'm going to talk about cosmetic mods first, just because that tends to be where most people start when they start, you know, playing with their car a little bit and they start making little tweaks to it. Cosmetic is exactly what it sounds like. It's just literally changing the look of the car on a superficial level in a way that just doesn't actually affect the way that the car runs. When I started driving, there was actually a good couple of years where I told myself that I didn't really care what car I drove as, you know, as long as it took me from point A to point B. And I don't know what kind of denial I was living in because I've changed my opinion on that so much since I first started driving. Um, and the more that I drove, yes, my interest in cars grew. But one of the biggest factors that contributed to me really wanting my cars to be, you know, really unique, not look like everyone else's is the fact that there was a point in my life where I was driving, you know, two to four hours a day. And 
living in Southern Ontario, where there's so much traffic, a lot of that time was spent just sitting surrounded by daily drivers, surrounded by the cars that people just have for their commute to and from work. And what ended up, the effect that that ended up happening on me was I'm looking around, I'm thinking, man, like all these cars, they all start looking the same after a while. And I didn't want my car to look like that. I wanted something that was more special and more unique. So when I ended up buying my first car, I got this bright red Mitsubishi Lancer. And because I love that, I, I got it because I love that it had such a unique look to it already. I like that the headlights have this really unique shape compared to a lot of the cars that I was comparing it to at the time on the market. Um, but what I ended up doing is I ended up getting a new set of rims for the Lancer just so I could make it more unique and more mine. Any kind of cosmetic mod is typically a lower risk, lower cost option. So it's pretty great because you can make an adjustment to the look of your car without totally breaking the bank. That said, it still feels like a bit of a slippery slope because even after I got those rims, I'm immediately like, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? Rims are definitely a common one. Um, you know, adding a wing to your car, getting a color change, even stickers, adding stickers, window tints, something even as simple as getting a new set of seat covers for the interior of your car. It can all drastically change the look of your car if you wanna switch it up and make it look a little bit more fresh. And I say low risk because you're not actually messing with any of the bits that make your car run. So performance can positively or negatively be affected by cosmetic modifications, depending on what's done. But for the most part, it's really just aesthetic. It's just for changing the looks. A situation where performance would be affected is, for example, if you get a new set of wheels for your car. If you get a set of wheels that's maybe too wide for the current configuration of your car, uh, if the tire profile is a little bit larger, for example, or if you change the offset on how they're mounted to your car, then it can cause rubbing against the actual wheel well or body of the car. Now, the nice thing is most aftermarket shops will have these great features on their websites where you can confirm that the product is going to fit with your vehicle um, and you're able to sort by the year to make the model of your car and they'll usually be able to filter down options from there to say, oh yes, these ones are definitely going to fit with mine, these ones not so much. You'll hear the term aftermarket used in a couple of different industries, but automotive definitely aftermarket comes up a ton. Almost everyone at some point in their car ownership lifetime is going to have to replace something on their car. And when that happens, you get the opportunity to choose between an OEM part, original equipment manufacturer, so the original manufacturer of the car, <laughs> or uh, an aftermarket part. For OEM parts, you'll typically only find them sold at a dealership itself, because these are the parts that are made by the original vehicle manufacturer. Um, whereas aftermarket parts, which you'll sometimes see generic parts will be another name for that, or you'll, you'll see them referred to as non-OEM parts, are made by a manufacturer that's different from your vehicle's original manufacturer. So it's pretty straightforward that way. The main difference between the two is that aftermarket parts are not necessarily made specifically for your vehicle. It can be something that can be compatible with a lot of different vehicles. Uh, and then on the flip side of that as well, OEM parts are ones that you typically will have less selection because it'll just be one, maybe two, that the original vehicle manufacturer has made for your vehicle. A definite benefit of aftermarket parts, of course, is the lower cost, but it's not necessarily the same as, you know, when you're, when you're getting medication and you have your name brand meds and your generic meds, those ones tend to be more aligned. The research backs them up both equally. You see more of a difference when it comes to auto automotive parts because of the fact that OEM parts are completely held to the same quality standards as uh, the rest of the parts that were used in the original 
manufacturing line for the vehicle. Aftermarket parts, on the other hand, not to say that they're not going to be good quality, but they are generally, they fluctuate depending on which manufacturer you're going with on what the actual quality is. So that's just going to be a matter of doing your research before committing to one or the other. Another cosmetic mod that may affect performance is if you decide to add a wing or a spoiler to the back of the car. Now, you will hear those words get used interchangeably sometimes, a spoiler and a wing, but they aren't in fact the exact same thing. There is a difference between them. As a quick rule of thumb, if it's higher up off the back of the car, that's generally a wing, lower down is a spoiler. And it has to do with the way that the air interacts over the car. So, you know, you've seen those videos of when they're doing the wind tunnel testing on new cars. When you have a wing on the back of a car, it's typically used in, you know, in racing and really high performance cars, you're going to have a higher wing. And what it ends up doing is as that wind goes over the car, when it gets to the end of the car, that the wing pushes the air up, which in turn actually pushes the back of the car down. So that's something that you really want, especially when a car is going to be going incredibly fast. You want to have that additional downforce. A spoiler on the other hand, which is getting more popular. Sometimes people add them on just as an aesthetic look and same with wings. People add wings onto cars on vehicles that are definitely not going to be going on tracks just because they like the look of it. And truthfully, if someone wants to do that, you know, all the power to them. A spoiler is something that you'll see more often where you can just buy a car right off the lot with that with a spoiler on the back of it. Spoilers do also function to interrupt the airflow or to change the airflow around the car. But what spoilers do that that wings aren't necessarily designed to do is spoilers actually break up and kind of act as a barricade that reshape the airflow stream going around the vehicle. So what it ends up doing is it reduces the turbulence of the air that's going over the vehicle and in turn that improves fuel economy. So really the idea behind it and the reason that you're able to get so many new cars that automatically have a spoiler designed into it is because fuel economy is such a hot topic and it's something that a lot of buyers are looking for. One of my absolute favorite changes that you can make to a car is a color change. And as an artist who specializes in car paintings, this probably shouldn't come as a shock, but I've always loved like crazy paint jobs on cars going to car shows and just especially, you know, but they've got the hood popped in every single detail of the car is just completely coordinated or painted these wild colors. That is something that draws me into a car every time. So for my own vehicles, it's something that one of the reasons I love red cars is it just completely draws me in. So there's a couple of different ways that you can change the color on your car and there are pros and cons with each of them. The obvious choice when you think of changing the color of a car is of course getting it repainted. This is probably the most expensive option that you can go with, but there are reasons that people may want to go that direction. One of them being if the current paint on your car is not in a good condition, getting it repainted may be your only option to either changing the color or refinishing with a nicer, better quality paint job. An alternative that's becoming way more popular, especially in the last few years, is liquid and vinyl wraps. Now, liquid wraps would be like a like a plastic dip product where you just have this, it's essentially like a rubberized polymer that you spray out of a can. And you can pay other people to do it, but in most cases, you can actually go out and buy the cans yourself. And there are so many YouTube videos on how to do it yourself. A Plastidip type product, and Plastidip is just one of the brand names that you can go for. So if you just look up liquid wrap, you're going to find what you're looking for. But Plastidip is really valuable and really usable in a situation where it's an unusual shaped part of the car 
where a vinyl wrap wouldn't make sense. Vinyl wraps are, are purchased in sheets and used in sheets where they're physically wrapped around the car. A liquid wrap is a bit of a misnomer. It's, it's a, more of a spray, like it's a faux paint finish where you're still putting a plasticky rubbery layer on top of the car that's a different color. But because it's a spray, you have more flexibility in being able to use it on your on your rims or on your your front grill. If you want to black out the logo or the emblems on the car, that's another time that that a liquid wrap would make a lot of sense. Vinyl wrapping has become super popular in the last few years. And one of the reasons for that is that it's you no longer only use it when it's, you know, you want to put somebody's logo on the side of a car. People are doing it just to do a full-on color change of their vehicle. If they want to get it, you know, they want to get it to look like a matte finish. They want to get it to look like a super high gloss or metallic finish. You can do that. There are so many possibilities when it comes to how you can vinyl wrap your car. The only real limitation is you do need it to be a high quality paint underneath, just in the sense that it can't be really chipped, lots of rust spots, because that then you'll run into issues where the vinyl isn't going to stick and any imperfections underneath are still gonna show through on the vinyl over top of it. But it's a really cool way that you can get a temporary, a temporary color change done to your car. Exterior color changes will run you into the thousands at times, but even doing something as simple as a seat cover swap on the interior of your car can totally spruce up the look of it. This works really well, especially on older vehicles because you may have, you know, maybe there's some embroidery that's kind of torn or stains that wouldn't come out, little holes or tears. It works basically as a slip cover to cover your existing seats. And it works really well, depending on the look you're trying to achieve, just make sure that if you're going to pursue this option that you're checking the material and the reviews for the seat cover you're looking to buy because there are some super cheap ones out there and you really want to make sure that you're getting one that's going to match the quality that you're looking for in your car and if you're really committed to it you really want to stylize the inside of your car there's always the option of getting the full seat reupholstered as well while we're talking about the interior of the car another one of the most common things to change in an older car is the stereo deck this is something that you may even be able to change yourself because there's so many how-to videos online. The convenience of being able to connect via Bluetooth or even to be able to have an aux port to plug in is a luxury that so many of us have gotten used to. So going back to an older vehicle where it doesn't have this can be a little bit of a challenge. So this may be a mod that you're interested in doing with your car. And all things considered compared to some of the other modifications that you can go with, it's a pretty inexpensive way for you to improve your overall enjoyment of your car, which at the end of the day really is the point of it. You should enjoy getting in your car and driving it. If you start messing with the stereo system, like adding crazy pimp my ride style, like 15 subwoofers in the back, like yes, it's going to obviously be expensive, but a radio swap on its own is pretty simple. And with so many how-to videos out there, it's something that you can probably pick up and do as a little DIY project for yourself on a weekend. Radio replacement in newer cars, on the other hand, is a little bit more of a challenge. And a big reason for this is the fact that with newer technology in cars, we're integrating so many more different features into that center control screen, especially when you've got a touch screen. Modern radios function really more as a central control unit for the whole car rather than just being a radio. In newer cars, some factory or original radios are tied in with other electronic features of the car too, which is why your center screen ends up being able to give you navigational prompts or you can kind of communicate to your car that way. So it, 
it becomes a more difficult swap. And in some cases, you aren't actually able to make that change. For me personally, I haven't fully gotten on, on board with central touchscreens yet because I like the feeling of when you're driving to be able to press a button and not have to look at a screen to see where you need to touch. But they do look pretty good. So one of the kind of a saving grace in the fact that you may not be able to make an adjustment to the physical stereo system or center radio center video console of your newer car is that there's a really good chance that with your newer car, you're probably going to already have a nicer looking dash kit than what you'd be able to find on the market anyway. If you have if you have an older vehicle, you can actually look at where whether it's a where your CD player is or the radio buttons, check out where that is. You can see that it's typically a, its own unit. You can actually pull it out and put a new one in. It's way, way easier to do on an older car. If you're speaking of older cars, if you're a fan of classic cars like I am, but you like the conveniences of modern gadgets, then another option, if you're willing to spend the money, is to go for a Rusto mod. When it comes to classic cars, you really have three styles to choose from. You've got your original cars, which are very challenging, increasingly difficult to find. And those are the ones that have all original parts. Then you have your restored vehicles, which are the ones that they're still mostly original, but they've had some bits and pieces refurbished back to factory specs where you're using the original manufacturer parts. So it looks and runs like an original, but obviously it's had some work done to it in order to bring it back up to speed. And then the last kind of classic car that you can have is a resto mod. And these ones are my personal favorite. So a resto mod. Resto mods are classic cars that have been restored, but they're restored by modifying using modern parts and technology, which I just think is the coolest. So from the outside, the vehicle looks like the same as an original car, but when you pop the hood or you check out the dashboard, you'll see some more modern touches. Anything from an engine upgrade to a, mo a more modern dashboard, stereo system, better newer brakes, airbags, speakers, you name it. I love the idea of having a car that nobody else has. So getting to make mods like this while still having a really cool older looking car is definitely a very attractive option. It comes with a higher ticket price, but they are super attractive. Now, because a resto mod will maintain most of the look of the car, this kind of transitions us into talking about performance mods because we're moving away from cosmetic mods. It's less to do with the way the car looks and more to do with the way the car performs. Performance mods can make your car more powerful, faster, even more fuel efficient, more aerodynamic. When you start getting into mods, there are so many things that you can do that the biggest value isn't going to be me listing off a whole bunch of different things you could possibly modify in your car without any context. So what I'm going to do instead is just to help lay out some recommendations on what to look out for when you're planning on doing some performance mods in your car someday. And if this doesn't apply to you and you're happy with the way that your car runs right now, you don't want to risk messing it up by mucking up with the engine or anything, then that's great too. This will just give you a better idea of what some other people are doing to their cars. And it can give you some cool stuff to talk about if you ever show up at a car meet or a cars and coffee or something that you can look at the next time that you're at a car show. Car meets are an awesome place to show up where you're gonna get this whole congregation of people all in one place that have very likely done modifications to their car. And it doesn't mean that every car that can, like that you need to have done performance mods to your car in order to show up at a car meet, it really just depends on which meet it is. Some ones they want people that only have this kind of car, sometimes it's people that have only done these kind of tweaks to their car. But whoever's organizing the meet generally publishes that information really publicly so that you can know, is this car meet for my specific car? Would I come and, and show my car there and, and you know, park it with everyone else? Or am I gonna go 
essentially as a guest, to someone else's car meet, and I can learn things from other people. There are cars that tend to get purchased with the intention of making changes to them, and so you will see trends. If you show up at these car meets, even if you do, even if you take a peek, you see this group of cars pulled together, you're gonna start seeing trends of the ones that are really continue to get the attention of car lovers and people that wanna buy project cars and cars that they can, they can make changes to. Subarus are a big one because they have that flat engine. Earlier in another in an earlier episode, we were talking about V6s and V8s, how the configuration of the engine is shaped like a V. Subarus are different. Subarus lay out their engines in a flat way. And so what ends up happening is the resonance in the engine creates this super bassy sound that a lot of people are attracted to. It's, a, it's just an engine sound that is really unique and it draws in a lot of car lovers. One thing to watch out for if you're starting to buy things if you want to start doing modifications to your car is just to make sure that you've done all the research to make sure you have all the parts necessary, you've done all the tuning necessary to make sure that whatever new bits you're getting, whatever aftermarket parts you're getting to add to your car to soup it up, you want to make sure that all of the components are working together. Modern cars are super computer driven. So if the computer in your car is telling your engine to use a certain amount of fuel and a certain amount of air to to work and to bring a certain amount into the car, some modifications that are done are going to require a different air and fuel mixture. So you want to make sure that you're having the, that you're communicating to your car's computer that these changes have happened because your car's computer isn't going to know. It's not just a plug and play when it comes to modifications that are for performance. You want to make sure you're doing all of the research to make sure that you're not missing anything out because you can damage your vehicle if you're only tweaking one area, but not another. The place that you're going to go to find this information is in car forums. This is your holy grail Bible resource encyclopedia of what to do when you're modifying cars. Car forums are full of useful information. You can pose a question, you can see what questions other people are asking, and you're going to be able to start navigating down this kind of rabbit hole of figuring out for your specific car, what are other people doing? And so that way you're not starting from ground zero, you're not thinking, what am I actually, you know, I want to do something to change my car, but I don't know what's going to make it more powerful. I don't know what's going to you know, increase the horsepower. Forums are the place to go. Check out what other people are doing to the car. And you'll also see some crazy horror stories of the things that people have done or tried that, again, then you could know if you know that someone else has done it, you know that you can know not to do those things. So yeah, forums are amazing, amazing places to go for information. All in all, if you're starting to add extra parts to your engine in an effort to improve engine performance, you definitely want to make sure that you are getting yourself a professional tune to make sure that all of the bits of your engine are communicating to each other and communicating to the computer in your car so that you can get optimal performance. There are so many sensors that work together in modern cars in order to make the engine function as well as possible because we're moving towards reliability and efficiency and fuel economy as a, as a society, cars are being set up a certain way. So there's benefit to doing these changes, but one, make sure that you're getting professional tune done when you do this. And also if you want your car to be road safe, make sure that the adjustment that you're getting done performance wise is actually legal in your area because certain government restrictions will make certain changes to your engine kind of make your car illegal. Make sure that you're checking your government restrictions for your area, just to make sure that when you're getting into performance mods, that you're not gonna mess with 
the law. <laughs> you don't want to put all of this money into making your car super badass only to find out that it's no longer considered road safe and you're not even allowed to drive it anymore and no one will insure it for you. So just make sure you're doing your research up front and you can turn your car into an absolutely one of a kind badass vehicle. Speaking of things that are one of a kind and badass, I'm going to throw in a little plug for the sponsor of the Cars Are For Girls podcast, and that is Taylor Art Garage. Taylor Art Garage is the place to go for one of a kind gifts for car lovers, automotive art like you have never seen it before, where you can actually have a piece of artwork in your living room, in your bedroom, in your bathroom. It belongs in the home. Check it out, taylorartgarage.com. The link's also in the show notes. And as always, I would love to hear your crazy stories, your car stories, and your questions. So send that over to custom at taylorartgarage.com. And let's continue helping each other as a community so that all of these women can be empowered and ready to take on the car world. Cars Are For Girls has a new episode dropping every Sunday, and I am stoked to announce that next Sunday, we are talking about gatekeeping. We are tackling this massive, massive subject that's happening in the car community. There is so much gatekeeping, so much perceived gatekeeping when someone takes it upon themselves to decide who does or doesn't have access to the community, who can and can't call themselves car lovers. You know, we are going to tackle it head on and give you strategies so that you can combat this when you face it in your own life. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you get out for a drive. I will see you next Sunday.